Imagine a world where Christ followers stepped up and answered his call on their lives. Imagine a world where Christ followers put their faith and trust in God unwaveringly and without qualification. Imagine a world where Christ followers lived out God's purpose for them in everything they do. The It's Not My Credit to Take podcast explores the awe and wonder of how God shows up in the lives of strong, principled Christ followers from all walks of life. Get ready to laugh, to cry, and to be transformed. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Slover, and I'm a faithful husband, loving father, loyal friend, and an unapologetic follower of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the It's Not My Credit to Take podcast. Hey there, Kelly. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for taking time to be a guest on the show today. My guest is Kelly Cole. Kelly is a nurse practitioner turned energetic healer, podcast host, and mother of, mother of two who helps women heal by realizing their own worth and empowering them to break generational patterns and beliefs so they can lean into their highest purpose. She's done many intuitive readings and healing sessions for women worldwide, helping them discover their purpose, clear energetic blocks around loving and receiving love, and releasing the emotional baggage so they can heal deeply and contribute more effectively to a more conscious and emotionally balanced world. Kelly, welcome to the It's Not My Credit to Take podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, ha I'm really happy that you're here too. So why don't you share with the audience a little bit about you, your background, and how you ended up where you are in your life? Sure. So um, I will say, first of all, that this is a totally new evolution of myself, being an energy healer and helping people heal this way. I've always been, um, ever since I was really little, I've been a person who, you know, would have like dreams and things like that. And then they would happen the next day, but I kind of suppressed that part of myself for the most part. And I, you know, did what I thought I was supposed to do. I knew I wanted to help people. So I became a nurse and, um, I became a nurse practitioner after many years in the nursing field. So spending that time kind of like working with patients and families and listening in to, traumatic events and what's going on with them in their lives and stressful things um, kind of led me into an area where I understood how important it was to listen to people, to connect with people deeply. And um, when I started having a lot of my own needs in that area, like I needed my own connection, I was really um, struggling. So I kind of like needed more than I felt like my coworker could give me or my friends could give me. And I, um, I was always a person who, um, felt very connected to Jesus and kept, felt connected in that way. But it's kind of like you go through stages in your life. And I was just in this stage where I felt really far away. And so I started seeking a lot, really wanting to have that connection at a deeper level. And, um, during this, uh, I had shared with Ed a bit about this like really intense time in my life because I really needed a lot of support. And that was because I had become a brand new mom. So I had a brand new kiddo. Um, I was always a pediatric nurse and I had kind of like waited and waited and waited to have a baby. So I finally like had this in my life. I was so excited. Um, and at that same time, I started a brand new job and that job was helping patients and families um, in pain management. So I was like seeing a lot of tough stuff, you know, and a lot of that came with um, 
palliative care too. For anybody who doesn't, is not in the medical medical field, that's like end of life kind of stuff for kids. So tough stuff. And within, let's say three days of that, my baby was three months old. I came back to work for the first time being a brand new mom to this brand new job. And my father, three month, three days before that job started, was diagnosed with a terminal illness and given six months to live. So I suddenly, on all fronts, was just put in the fire. And it was really at that point, um, I had struggled with a lot of infertility, like leading up to that. And I'd had some intermittent things that happened that just like, put God right in my in my front and center. Like, I am here for you. Um, I had a man come up to me once at the grocery store. I was wandering around looking through the vegetables and um, he just came up to me and he was like, I just feel like I want to pray for you. And I was like, oh, okay, like, sure. And um, at that point, like he was praying and he kind of just was, his prayer was very wandering, like, and you know, I, I, I want to pray over you for this and I want to pray for you for good health and I want to pray for you. And then he kept wandering and the prayer landed on, I want to pray for you in your role that you will be an amazing mother. And at that point, I was struggling so much with becoming pregnant. I lost it in the middle of the grocery store, like crying, um, and then he was like, I have this thing for you. Like, I, I feel like I had it with me. I wasn't sure, you know, who it was meant for, but I wanted it to be with me. And um, it was this necklace, which is like the um, Virgin Mary medallion. And I care, I had that with me from that point on, like every day, um, always until like I had my baby and then she would like pull on things and I stopped wearing jewelry so much. Um that, you know, was like this very clear moment of like, I am here for you. And it was just right in my face. Um, and those are the kinds of moments that I continued to cling to as I was kind of walking through these times. Now, as um, I came through this very tough time, this convergence of like my dad being sick and this new job and my new role as a mom, um, there was a statue of Jesus that's at my job, at my work. And it's not by the main entrance. So I had to walk a specific way, like outside to be able to go and see that statue like every day that I went to work. But that was the one time during the day that I truly felt my spirit lift. And I was like, when I am here, I just feel so, so much lighter. Like I finally can like breathe right now in this moment. And, um, that it's like, I kept building from there. I, um, started, um, reading a lot. I started kind of digging a lot. There's a book that I read called, gosh, I might misquote this. It's called like encounters with Jesus or something along that nature. But I just leaned in so much more to like my daily conversations, my thoughts, like allowing God to just walk my feet and to just, you know, there's a surrender that comes because you know that it's like so out of your hands, like everything was so out of my hands that um, I really started walking on that path. And um, as I continued, 2020 happened. I'm now like have two children. I'm in the hospital. 
it's 2020 and um, the work is really stressful. It's really stressful at home to like figure out what to do with the kids that aren't in school, you know, like all the things were happening. And so I started doing meditation. I was like, I'm going to try something new because, oh my gosh, like nothing I'm doing is working and I'm feeling the stress. Like I'm not a person that felt really stressed before. And that was like, I can't do this anymore. Stress. So um, I started doing meditation and that has led me um, into this whole other path of a deeper and more two-way conversation with spirit, with God, and with Jesus as well. Um, so, and I would love to tell you like a little bit more about um, kind of like that deeper connection too, and um, some of the other things that have happened as I've allowed myself to open my intuition more. I definitely want to get to that. I yeah. Back up to the man that approached you yeah. in the produce department. Yes. At the grocery store. You had never seen this person before. Is that correct? Never. Did not know him. And after that encounter with him, you never saw him again, correct? I never saw him again. Wow. How long after he prayed over you and gave you the necklace, did you learn you were pregnant? What a good question. Um, I mean, definitely within six months time. Like I, I know that I was like wearing a coat and it must've been like winter-ish and I was pregnant by like the summertime. So yeah, it was within that time. Also side note, I was having the same struggle to get pregnant with my second child. And I had left, you know, I had, um, all my necklaces kind of like on this necklace tree thing that my daughter would sometimes play with and not too often, but she, the day that I was going to like have an appointment, like a medical appointment to look into all of this, um, you know, fertility stuff and whatever for my second child, like before I was pregnant, still same struggle. Um, my daughter just like came up to me holding this necklace and I was like, Oh, what do you have? And she held it up and it was that necklace. And I, again, it was like a moment where I like hit my knees crying. Like I was like so overwhelmed by that just because I felt like it was like, I'm here. This is still like meant for you. Like there was so much in that message, just in that action. And it was so impactful because she being the one that was conceived like through all of that. And it was, um, it was such, and she was only two. Like, so, you know, she didn't know anything about any of that. And she, she was just an innocent little, little girl just playing with her mom's stuff. And then she came over and gave me that. And so that kept going and, um, it was beautiful. That's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> non-believers would look at those moments and say, well, that's just simply coincidence you don't need to apply the meaning you're applying to it because that doesn't really exist. And yet those were two profound moments in your life that led to two wonderful children. I mean, how do you explain that uh, aside from it being sort of divinely inspired? Absolutely. And well, for me, it's like, you know, there's everyday things, of course. And then there are mystical things. There are things that are deeper. And as a person who, um, traditionally like 
I could have been very skeptical, you know, too, but when you like there, there are some moments that really hit you deeply. And for me, that always comes with like chills and tears. And there is just like a, a feeling that like your antenna like turned on, like, you know, it's like you are suddenly this little like beacon that's getting hit by the lightning and you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, those aren't the everyday moments. And so you can choose to ignore them or you can choose to listen. And, you know, in my experience, you are getting tapped on the shoulder and it might start out as a tap, but if you don't listen and you aren't acknowledging it, it turns into like a club over the head at some point, like yeah. you're, the <laughs> message will happen. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of what I'd say about that. It's so true. It's so true. So you were navigating an extraordinarily stressful job. Right. You learned of your father's diagnosis. You've got young children. And then 2020 happens and nothing consequential happened really in 2020, but we'll just say 2020 happened. <laughs> and then you discovered meditation. Right. And it's allowed you to go inward and connect more deeply with spirit. What is that connection like for you? So, um, you know, I, to me in this moment, I really feel that the prayer and the discussion and the asking and the talking, um, happens a lot, you know, in the times when we're awake or when we're very conscious and in that meditative state, to me, it's like where my answers come through. It's like I'm asking the question when prayer and discussion and a lot of the answers come through in that time. So it's very, very impactful to me, not only to just help my body calm down and like those things are so wonderful, but those underlying questions that I have or like areas in my life that I don't know what to do next and I'm not sure where to go. And what about my, you know, my kid who's struggling with X, Y, and Z? Like, how do I navigate these things? Like, I am asking these questions to to God, like, please, you know, come and direct me, allow these things to come into my life, allow me to have um, an area that's open, like an avenue, a person, like, however it comes, but also just an inner knowing sometimes will come through a lot in that place for me. And I'm a very visual person. So like, like I said before, I would have a lot of dreams and things like that when I was young. And now as a person who does um, energy healing and like energetic reading, it's very visual for me. Some people kind of get like an inner knowing, some people hear, um, some people just see. And so I, I usually have a combination of those, but my strongest one that comes through a lot is just like little visuals that come through and an understanding that comes behind that of what to do next, where to put the next step or to just sit and wait, or like, you're not supposed to know that yet. Sometimes that's the answer too, but I get the answer and I need the answer. So it's really helpful. Do you have visuals during your meditation? And I ask because the longer I've practiced daily meditation, the more and more visuals. And Kelly, sometimes it's almost like I'm watching a movie. Mm -hmm. Do you experience anything like that? I do. I do a lot. And um, so there's meditation that will kind of like... Um, bring me into that place where it's, it is like a movie. And sometimes when I'm 
asking the question, like I'll ask the question again in meditation. Like, I feel like I'm struggling with this and, you know, hoping for an answer for these things. And it does, it's kind of like a little movie that will kind of come through. Sometimes I say, I don't understand that yet, or maybe I don't understand. And then like another different way. And then I'm like, oh, okay. I understand that now. It's very interesting. Um, And when I like do meditation, I also get in that similar place when I do breath work. So like deep breathing um, has also been a very impactful um, way for me to kind of get into the back door of my subconscious, like stop letting all the chatter and the worries and and the constant like stream of chatter in my brain kind of turn off and allow that to come through. And one of the most impactful things that's ever, ever happened in those sessions, and that's time when I'm either doing breathing and then a lot more in medita- meditation afterwards was I, I've had Jesus come in during those times, full blown, like I see him. And that to me was probably the thing that made me understand and realize like, what's the, how much this is meant for me and how impactful that it is. What you're describing is an open vision. As far as I understand that, what did that feel like in that moment? Because when we had our introductory call, I had shared with you that I had an open vision uh, several months ago at the time of this recording. And I felt this overwhelming warmth around my heart and it was a it was a love that i had never felt physically like that before did you have an experience similar to that or or something else oh my gosh um so when it started it was um deep into you know a breathwork session so i was very deep into like a meditative state at that point and First, it started with, I saw some church windows and I was like, oh, like that kind of reminds me of my childhood church. Like I went to school in that church. So a very safe place that I loved, loved, loved. And um, the next thing that just came through was, was Jesus. And in that point, the only thing that I could actually see were his eyes. I saw his eyes, just these shining, bright beautiful blue. Like that's the only thing that I could really see. But what I felt was this overwhelming, overpowering sense of love. It was like the most intense, joyous, like deeply penetrating joy and love that like I've never, ever felt in my whole life. I mean, it was the most amazing, wonderful thing. And with that, there was a very clear message and it's not like he spoke. It was like, um, he didn't need to, I just, I just knew what he meant. And the message that came through at that point in time was, I will fill you up until you spill over onto others. I will fill you up so that you spill over onto others. And then along came like this, you know, like visual of like, you know, his hands kind of turning these little faucets that were turning water. And then the water was just like filling up my whole body and then like coming out everywhere. And it was amazing, truly. By every standard, you've been a successful nurse and nurse practitioner, and now you've transitioned into becoming an 
energetic healer and hosting healing sessions and doing intuitive readings. How do you help serve others to help them set down the emotional baggage and really kind of go through an experience that you've gone through where we, we go inward and we end up finding the answers there because it's that connection we have to God, source, the universe, the infinite creator, whatever we want to call it. How do you go about helping people do that? So um, what we usually do is I will start with simply having my own like connection with um, that person. So I kind of do my own reading and like gain what I can gain intuitively. And then we talk about those things. And next we go through the piece that is the connection piece for that person. So that person is guided. Um, I'll guide them in meditation. Sometimes it's really hard for people to get into meditative states. So I will do, I will play music. We will do some breathing, um, do all of that. And we will um, then go through a guided meditation. So that's what we start with. And as we are doing that, as I'm guiding people through meditation, the very beginning of that was this whole journey was like that vision that I had. And since that point in time in my sessions with people, Jesus will come in through those sessions. And sometimes it's simply like this feeling of love kind of breaking down um, walls, breaking down like these kind of like stuck emotions that have kind of kept up the wall between what people need to hear and like the truth of, you know, the connection within themselves and like the outside world where, you know, they think that like how really, how it really is to them, but like, it's kind of breaking all that down so that they can connect more deeply. So Jesus is continuing to work through me in this way. And, um, sometimes he brings his friends, like, it's not just him sometimes, like, Sometimes Mary Magdalene will come along too. It's very interesting um, and nothing that I would have ever like expected or understood before I had these experiences. So, so you referenced that you do an intuitive reading and you also referenced earlier that you can visually see in other people certain energies. Right. Can you describe that in a little bit more detail? Like sure. do you actually can you pick up energetic blocks like chakra blocks or, or, mm -hmm. or something like that? Absolutely. So, um, the way that I have learned to look at things is through the energy centers in the body. And so, you know, this again, isn't something that traditional Christianity was talking about or discussing, but it's something that I've been led to through my meditation experience. Like I literally was led through, um, like to one of my mentors who was teaching me these things. She herself was like, Jesus comes in when I do these things. Like, so it just made it all feel okay. Like I had very much a, my own like ingrained learned, um, like judgment towards it. Cause I was like, is this all right? Like, I don't know if it is. And then as like, it was like, well, Jesus keeps coming in. So obviously it's fine. Like to me, it was like this question for a long time. And now, yeah, um, I've, I've had to release a lot of that, but it was like judging, almost judging myself too. But, um, the, the way that it comes through to me is through visuals. And so what I will see is, um, 
sometimes I will just see that there is an area that looks like it's bound. And I see that sometimes around people's throat. It looks like there's ropes or something just, you know, not letting it expand. And so when we talk through that, I'm like, is there an area where you feel like you can't speak your truth? Like you can't be your authentic self. Um, A lot of times we also see, you know, traumatic experiences from prior events in your life, things that you thought you had maybe dealt with or weren't maybe a big deal. And the experience itself might have kind of just been dealt with and moved on. But sometimes the emotion from that can still be stuck in there. And there's other ways that people would describe this too. People describe this as trauma stuck in your body. People describe this as, you know, it comes out sometimes um, like physical pain. Um, There's a book called um, Your Body, The Body Keeps Score. It's literally a um, person talking all about this in their work with like PTSD victims and veterans but I was able to actually see it. Like, this is their guess. This is what they call it. This is why the medical community will talk about it. But I was able to see it and I was like, oh my gosh. So when I will um, be able to see certain areas, I can also kind of lead it back. And I'm like, something happened when you were this age, something happened. It made you feel like this. Like I can pick up on how it felt and how old you were. And, um, Usually that's all that people need to know. And they're like, yeah, that like, that's exactly when my parents got divorced. That's when my dad died. That's when my mom had a major accident and she was never herself again after that. Like, these are the kinds of things that we end up kind of uncovering in these discussions beforehand. And as we move into the next part where we're healing that, we're just letting it fall away. We're like, this doesn't need to stay with us anymore. It's safe to let it go. Like lovingly kind of just bringing divine love to kind of break down the resistance there. And um, sometimes it's like, I learned that it's not safe to be loving because that made me feel bad when it was rejected. Or, you know, I learned that like other people like didn't know how to love me, you know, the way that I thought was supposed to be loved. And then I just put up a bunch of walls. Like I'm not doing that anymore. So it's almost like that kind of thing. It's very obvious and very notable to me when I'm looking. Um, And there's times also when I just see, I see light and dark. And there's times also when I see a darkness that has attached itself. And a lot of times, um, depending where it is, sometimes it's coming up to, um, it is always ultimately, depending how far it's gotten, it's always ultimately reaching up to like the biggest connection um, between which we you know, in the energy space, you look at it as the crown. Your crown is like this piece above your head, which is literally connecting you and God. And um, it depends how far it's gone. I've seen that with addiction, with severe depression, with things like that, where it's kind of like taken over every little space of love, of safety, like all these areas of self-confidence, of speaking your truth. It's coming over all these areas. And finally, it will close in on the connection between you and God. And those are the ones that are like the the longest to kind of um, work on and break through. But like, those are really big shifts that once we have released these and sent, you know, sent that where it needs to go, that like we are only standing in God's love. And so that is the ultimate end goal for every single session, connection and love. That's really interesting. Kelly, as you were describing that, I was thinking about vibration and frequency. Is the darkness 
similar to a low enough vibration. And when we get to those low points of vibration and frequency, we actually, in many ways, disconnect. That's not the right word for it, but kind of disconnect from God. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. And um, that's a good way to put it. It's like this lower vibration. It's like, you know, you're stuck in loneliness or hatred or anger or like these kinds of emotions that circle, circle, circle. And then they kind of take on their own little like life of their own. Sometimes they even have like nasty things that I will kind of like hear, like I'm so dumb. I'm so ugly. Like I hate myself, you know, all of this kind of stuff that it's like, I will say them and I'm like, this is what I'm hearing. And usually if I'm saying what I'm hearing, the reaction from that person is instantaneous, like crying. They're like, I can't believe you're even like picking up on that. Like nobody, I would never say that out loud. Like these are the things that like I have inside me by myself. Like, but yeah, I have those, you know, it's like, I have these thoughts. Um, so yeah, that is exactly what I, what I notice. And it is that lower vibration. And yes, we're just looking to like, let that go and allow yourself to connect and to feel the the higher level feel step one level up and just feel like even if it that gets you to neutral instead of happy like the higher level it's still higher level than feeling so low and feeling down so how does your gift translate to your work so um my gift is I think my gift is multifaceted. So the way that, and this has taken a lot of time for me to kind of like learn about myself because I was in very much a like, why me kind of thing. But, you know, it's really um, not only that I am able to have this intuitive connection, but that I lean into that connection to help it grow and that I trust it fully. Like there is no doubt in my mind when I'm coming through with like, it's coming through and I'm getting like different information. I never question it for a second. And so it's like that trust that's only like, that's for you. Also that my ability to kind of like be between the worlds of like, and translate them, like to try to like gain information from that, like very ethereal like space and translate it to me, you know, me and you just sitting here like this, like, that is its own, you know, a different part of my gift. And so I use all of those things to help people to listen to what they're going through. Also, like all of that kind of skill that I've picked up through 20 years of being at the bedside in the hospital. Um, that's like my real 3D kind of like gift. And um, so much of that is translating to, you know, helping people walk through and shed off things that they don't need anymore and that aren't serving them and allow them to just come back into themselves, come back into the center of themselves and to truly connect. How has this journey impacted your parenting? Mm, good question. So, um, you know, this journey has like blown my view of what I could do as a parent way out of the water. And I'll give you one example. So my daughter, was um was struggling something with something called a convergence insufficiency which simply means that her eyes weren't like working together as a team to be able to read we didn't know it until she was in second grade and um up until that point though 
she is the kid that like, I will tell her one thing. She will like learn it maybe once or twice. And then she'll be like, okay. And she'll put her own spin on it. Like that's how fast she learns. So for this one thing, this very important thing of reading, she was struggling and she was mad and she was like feeling really down about it. So tough. So anyway, long story short, she went through vision therapy. She is awesome. She's like totally a great reader now, like no, no problems, but she would still have these moments that would come up when she was really struggling. Um, if she didn't know a word and it was like, I would watch the reaction and I would, the reaction was like an emotional trigger for her. Like she went, took her right back to that place where she was struggling and difficult, you know, to read and very emotional. And so, um, I did one of these meditations with her. Now hers was totally different than I would do with an adult. Hers was like a fairyland. It had unicorns. Like there was like all kinds of crazy stuff going on in it, but it led, we literally like walked all the way back, all the way back to when she was like two. She can remember things from when she was two. So, and I knew that, um, all the way back. And, you know, we did this whole healing with her. And even at eight years old, she cried she cried and cried and cried and understood that like that wasn't meant for her and like this is her now and that was very shifting for her she needed that already at at the little kid level she already needed that and um the other thing i do a lot with my son who has a lot of bad dreams now don't forget i was a kid who had a lot of dreams dreams that came true you know scary stuff kind of happened for me so as i'm watching some of I'm, I'm making sure at, to the best of my ability as a parent that I'm kind of like thinking about some of these energetic things for them too. So I, we do what we call the circle of light before we go to bed for, for any scary dreams. And so what that is just like bringing down God's light and putting it all around you in a circle and it's like nothing can penetrate it and you are strong. And then we put on the sword. Like this is very much like um, there's like, you know, verses about this. Like you're putting on the armor of Jesus. You're putting on the sword of Jesus. You have the helmet of Jesus, like all of this. But um, it's also with this energetic piece of like you have a, a big circle of guiding light around you all the time. Like you're protected. Um, so it's I would have never in a million years like known anything about this or, or done anything like that with my kids that specific. Um, and so for that piece, like, and answer the answering the questions kind of piece, like in meditation, it's a game changer and it's like a really big deal to me. So. I wish I had you as my mom before bed <laughs> when I was a child, <laughs> because I grew up in a, in a generation that basically, and here's a technical term for you, Kelly, I poo-pooed things like bad dreams and everything. It was just like rub some dirt on it and go to bed, you know, that mm -hmm. type of thing. Interestingly, when I was really little, I would bounce my head on my pillow and bounce my leg on the bed and, and hum to calm myself down. Do you find the, the approach that you, you take with your son sort of ring a light armor of God that, you know, he's able to get restful sleep? I do. Um, I mean, it's, I, I notice a difference because, you know, he had dreams that were so scary. He would, 
he would come in and he wasn't just like, mom, I had a bad dream. He was like shaking and crying. Like it was like really terrifying, um, whatever, you know, the dream was. So not only, it's not only that I do notice that I also just noticed that, you know, cause I am, because I do do this, like I, I do that in like a meditation voice and we do, you know, calming things. So it's kind of like, we're already like, I'm laying the groundwork little by little for him to be able to lean into meditation, um, before bed. But it's not like, I'm like, oh, we're going to sit here and do meditation kiddo. Like I don't do that. It's like, I try to work it in, in a way that, um, makes sense to him and like kind of do little, um, stepping blocks. So hopefully when he's older, that, that is something that we can do. That's what I hope for. Yeah. Throughout this conversation, you've spoken a lot about meditation and a lot of people aren't interested in meditation. How can you work with them if they just don't want to go down that road? Totally. Um, so I think that meditation is like the calm way to do it. Kind of like, I think that there's a couple different ways to just get into what I call like the back door of your mind, because it's like finally being able to shut off the chatter and the discussion that's always happening. Um, and so to me, the meditation is like, maybe you put on music, maybe you just listen to music while you're walking on, you know, or something like that. That's okay too. Like a walking meditation, more active. If that still is like, no, I would not do that. I usually find similar help comes from, or the similar pathway comes through with breath work. So changing breath patterns. And, um, that is like a practice. You would have to kind of learn how it works. But even if you just did one session, that was like a real breath work session, you would be able to figure out if you liked that or not. So, you know, those are kind of like the active way. And then the not so active way that I usually would say, let's try these things. And, um, I find them to be quite transformational anything to quiet the mind. Right. Certainly. Cause what you had said earlier got me thinking that the, the 3d world that we live in is self lowercase s versus being able to get quiet and contemplative to hear the whisper of God is really tapping into self higher case s. Is yeah. that a fair assessment? Definitely. And some people call it the ego, you know, like, that it's our, our 3d world. It's just distracting. So it's really hard when you have like this running list of things that you always have to do and you're busy and you know, like we all are, it's, it's hard to like prioritize that. But when you figured out how awesome it is, suddenly you're like, no, I think I'm going to try that again. I think I'm going to do that again. I'm going to make 10 minutes to do that again. Cause that was really cool. Like it is. Yeah. So what's next for you? You've been a nurse practitioner for a couple of decades and now you're in this energetic healing space. What's next for Kelly Cole? So I think that, um, it's evolving and it's always evolving right now. I have circles that I hold online and we do those together and I'm starting to do some in person too. So, um, that's super exciting. And I think that if I have a community that's growing, like we'll figure out, do we want to do, you know, something up in person, like do, you know, a retreat, you know, I always am a person that kind of like lets it come. And so we will see what comes next. I will tell you this, this was a funny story that happened earlier this week. 
um, I had been keeping everything super separate from like my, my hospital job and like my coworkers in the hospital and doing this. Like I have my own other community of like my energetic people and my intuitive people and my, my Jesus people that like to like get together and talk about stuff. And it was so separate. So, um, what happened this week was a couple of my nursing colleagues were like, Hey, we found you. Like we found your podcast. And they were telling me this in front of like my rest of my team that I work with. And I was like, Oh, oh my gosh, that's really cool. And then my team's looking at me like, what is go what's happening? And, and I was like, Oh, well, yeah, like I have, you know, this going on and it's really fun and whatever. So, but it was kind of like this clash of my world and I wasn't prepared for it. But I think that is I have been praying really hard for any blocks that like to be moved out of the way. And I think this was a block because I think I was kind of maybe holding myself back, not intentionally. So that happened and that conversation happened. And then I walked in the next patient I had to see, I had to call the interpreter. And when I call the interpreter, we always say our names. I said, I'm Kelly. And they said, thank you. And I'm Jesus. And I said, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> because I had to call a Spanish interpreter. And, you know, so commonly in like Latin culture, um, the name Jesus is, is very common, but they always say Jesus. And he didn't. He said, I'm Jesus. And I was like, oh, oh okay. And he was like, you know, like J-E-S-U. I was like, I, I know. <laughs> I know. I said, oh my gosh. And I just had to like take a minute because it was like, yep, this is happening. Like it's all going to come together. Like it was very, it was another time again, like we said before, where I was like, that's the message. Like, there you go. So, um, he, he Kelly, he told you, he told you he's going to fill you up and have you overflow onto others. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I'm here for it. So I can't even tell you that I know for sure what's next, Ed. I think that that's, the most beautiful thing. I know what I'm doing now is what I'm meant to be doing, doing some in-person, you know, connecting with people more deeply in person. And um, yeah, the truth is I can't wait to see what's next. It's going to be great. And you used the perfect word for not knowing what's next and still you know, being open to that. And that's surrender. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's beautiful. So how can listeners learn more about you and the work that you're doing? If you go to synergythrive.org, that is my site and I have events there. Um, also just, you know, social media, I'm Synergy Thrive on everything. So TikTok a little bit, Instagram. So any of those things you can find me. Synergy Thrive. I love that. Mm -hmm. If you could leave the listeners with a final thought, what would that be? I think the final thought is to never discount something small that's happening. The messages are coming through. The connection is there. Um, don't be afraid to lean into it. And even if other people around you don't see what you see, that does, it's not meant for them. It's meant for you. That's wonderful. Kelly, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show today. I really appreciate your insights. I loved being here, Ed. Thank you so much for having me. God bless. God bless. You can contact the show at it's not my credit to take.com. We'd love to hear from you. God bless.